Welcome to What's Working in Marketing, a podcast for marketers that uncovers what's working across the digital landscape by tapping into the world's best data-backed research and through candid conversations with industry experts. I'm your host, Charlie Grinnell. On this episode, I'm joined by Gabe Gottlieb, now Chief Strategy Officer of Sensor Tower, formerly the CEO and co-founder of Pathmatics. Thanks for joining me today, Gabe. Oh, glad to be here, Charlie. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited for this conversation. Pathmatics is a tool that, that our company uses a lot. And, and, you know, as you and I were just chatting before we kind of started recording this, I wanted to kind of go back to the beginning and just get an understanding of like, what were you doing before you started Pathmatics? How did that kind of sh- your foray into advertising intelligence start? And, you know, how has that kind of set you up into, into what you're doing now? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm definitely like an outsider who's become, you know, an insider, I would say. So I, uh, I began my career at Microsoft, just like an entry-level software developer, worked on a ton of products, you know, Windows, stuff like that, not in the ad space. And then Took some time off, traveled actually for a year around the world with my wife, and then you know kind of wanted to start something. Had a buddy who was in the space and kind of pointed me and my co-founder to you know to digital advertising ecosystem. This was a little over ten years ago, so definitely still you know nascent. I you know I, I remember I did some kind of investor presentations and I would show digital ad spending was kind of like a, a small graph, and then and then TV ad spending was this way up way above it, and I'd say like one day digital is going to pass TV and e-marketer <laughs> says it's four years away or five years away. And then now if you did that graph, right, like digital's double or triple TV and it's and flipped it, it flipped, and, and digital's going up into the right and TV's flat. So definitely the early days, but yeah, we kind of saw, saw an opportunity here where, you know, digital is growing. There wasn't a lot of transparency. Brands didn't know where their ads were showing up. Uh, publishers didn't know what ads were showing up on their site. And, and as outsiders, we kind of said like, Hey, this is totally broken. Like why, you know, I get why billboards are hard to measure or radio is hard to measure, but like digital's on computers, like, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're everything, all the, all the, all the backbone is there. And so, so we took like two engineers just kind of dove in and, and just said, Hey, let's build something here. And, you know, it, it's definitely been ups and downs. It's been over, over a decade, as I said, but I think, I think that, you, you know, we haven't strayed that far from that initial vision and that really resonated. And, and, now, you know, now we're privileged to work with a lovely, lovely clients like, like you guys and, and candidly, some of the biggest brands in the world, you know, largest, largest CPG providers and, and, and you know, producers and, and, and huge tech companies, huge publishers, huge, huge platforms. Uh, so, so it's been, it's been, a, it's been a really exciting ride and, and definitely now. So now I speak at conferences. I'm like, I'm like this insider now because I see all this data and because I get to see it. So it's been, it's been fun. Yeah. It's fascinating to hear that you and your co-founder were developers because, you know, as like a marketing nerd myself, I think about like, you know, it sounds like you came at this from almost like more of a measurement perspective and like transparency as like more of a like utilitarian service. Whereas like the marketing strategist in me is licking my chops because I'm like, oh man, this is so useful for marketing strategy that I didn't, I had no idea that was the case. And so have you kind of noticed like almost that morph a little bit, or like, was that kind of something that as you started to dig and, and build this thing that there was more use cases than you initially thought? Yeah, no, totally. I'd say you're, you're absolutely right. We, we, we definitely came at it from that like idealist, like engineer perspective. You know, one, one thing we had early on was like, Hey, the, you know, transparency is not good for everyone, but, but the good, the good players in the market should want transparency, right? Like that's a good mm-hmm. thing for folks who do, who are doing the right thing and doing, doing well by their customers. And then, you know, I, so actually, maybe background on me, I actually studied 
uh, I got a business and a computer science degree. So I, I kind of always was interested Dual threat. in you know, yeah, yeah, marketing and messaging and all these things. And so, you know, I always thought the data we were gathering was really cool. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I've, I've always loved, we do really cool things with creative and really cool like taxonomy stuff and all that stuff. I've always just loved looking at that and, and, you know, talking to brands and agencies about the storytelling and, I can't I mean, I, I still think that's an area of, especially digital that's underdeveloped is I think there's, you know, digital is profound medium for, you know, you can, you can sequence messages, you can, you know, you know who you're talking to, like you can do this really interesting messaging. And I think, I think we're all still kind of on the, on the other side of me that the, the, the data nerds like geeking out on data and not really thinking about that storytelling. So yeah. I, I think it's really interesting space in that there's there's both of these the art and the science yeah well and i think just to echo what you said we are absolutely in the infancy of digital even right like realistically especially in this space like i think back about hearing you say yeah you know we started this over a decade ago i was like whoa i wouldn't have even been thinking about that a decade ago right like i feel like digital advertising has kind of been a thing since the advent of the internet but it's really accelerated you know to your point in the last 10 10 years and you've kind of been there right from the beginning but then zooming out and being like yeah, that 10 years is actually nothing when we compare it to television or print or radio or whatever. Um, so it really is that kind of that kind of interesting juxtaposition, so to speak. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the one reason we've been focused on digital and, and kind of one of our hypotheses was that you, know, you need to be focused because it's changing all the time. It's super fragmented. You know, new platforms are popping up. I've spent a lot of time, we don't cover it yet, but we're working on it. I've spent a lot of time on TikTok the last, the last yeah. six months and, yeah. and kind of trying to bend my mind around that. I mean, and then we talk about storytelling and mediums, right? Like the new, new yeah. medium. So we don't run out of stuff to do in digital. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's always, always something new always. And that's, and that's exciting. And as a, you know, as a, you know, running a business, I think that's also an opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. So we, you know, if things are changing, if things are dynamic, that means our clients need data. That means they need, you know, there's benefits to someone who covers a lot of the, a lot of the space. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I, I, I love it. Yeah. I mean, speaking of the last six months and maybe we'll expand here the last 18 months, I want to kind of dig into some of the big changes that we've seen, right? Obviously the world with COVID that's the elephant in the room has, has seen massive, massive changes. The impact on digital has been immense, especially with COVID. I think we're, to your point, digital is always changing, but obviously COVID has kind of accelerated things. What are some kind of you having the benefit of being able to sit on top of all this data and look at things? Have you kind of, what are kind of some of the large scale shifts or trends that you've seen emerge with this kind of earthquake, so to speak, that's happened? Yeah. I mean, uh, an easy one and, and, and one I didn't, uh, you know, I did, I didn't cover in our corporate history, but, um, you know, the shift to mobile is, is obviously, you know, tremendous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think you, the thing I say is, is, is every brand now is a mobile brand. Right. And so it's funny, you know, I think about like, we were stuck in our homes and, and yet we were on our mobile phones, right. Which were supposed to be supposed <laughs> to be the things that get us, you know, are, are we take with us. Right. Yeah. But, but we're stuck in our homes and, and we're all, we're all tapping away our phones, but yeah. so that's, and, and so I think accompanying that, you know, in the data, if I, if I look at the actual data, we see things like, you know, the shift uh, to, to social. So, I mean, you know, it's, I'm not, not breaking, this isn't breaking news, but uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, you know, TikTok, it's platforms like this really just continuing to eat up budget folks yeah. switching away from things like, you know, kind of your tried and true desktop display publishers. So a lot, a lot of those trends, you know, mobile, mobile being a really exciting one. And then, you know, I mean, Big, big, obviously cataclysmic industry shifts, right? You know, like travel uh, dropping, coming back. You know, uh, we're seeing uh, food delivery. We're seeing a, like a fifty percent jump in 
in their activity. So mm-hmm. kind of really interesting trends, obviously, that we see because of the pandemic. One of the things that that really comes to mind there with, with that is like, mobile isn't necessarily a new trend or storyline, right? Like, I think we've probably read headlines of like, hey, this is, you know, mobile mobile's the next big thing. I think it's one thing to like make that prediction. It's another thing to see like it actually reflected in the data. And to your point, like with people sitting at home, like I was actually just thinking to myself, like, yeah, when the pandemic hit, I wasn't spending a ton of time on my my laptop or my desktop. I was here. I was marching around the house, whether it's like I'm I don't know, having a bath or, you know, sitting watching TV. Your phone is there. Right. Like I wasn't necessarily on my laptop. And so that's something where, you know, that is pretty ironic that we are supposed to be taking our mobile devices somewhere, but we're still just on them because of that more convenience factor. Cause like, I don't want to have to lug my laptop from my couch to my bed. hundred <laughs> percent. No. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously having done this for, for over a decade, like there were so many, this is going to be the year of mobile. This is going to be the year of mobile. And yeah. then it's kind of funny that 2020 actually probably was the year of mobile. And then we haven't, you know, we don't, we we'll don't call it that. It's a, it's a year of plenty of other, other things that we don't have to have to talk about, but that was actually probably the year of mobile. And, yeah. and now it's, you know, now it's a foregone conclusion. Well, yeah. Right? 2020 being the year of mobile where everyone is mostly immobile is incredibly <laughs> right. ironic, right? Right. right? Yeah. So, totally. so speaking about mobile, I kind of want to tie that into the, the topic of the episode, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, like this, you know, we've taught, we've, we've heard that narrative mobile, 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 if we're saying kind of 2020 and, you know, probably 2021 and beyond is going to be the year or years of mobile. How does that kind of like, I want to kind of dig into how, how we think that ties into black Friday, heading into black Friday and cyber Monday, mobile and commerce. But can you kind of just like set the stage of like, you know, black Friday and why it's such an important moment for retail. You've kind of had the benefit again of sitting on top of all that data um, and seeing the impact that it's had year after year. Um, so I'd love to start there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Black Friday is really, really fascinating because, you know, traditionally like number one sales day, right? When, when re- retailers get, get into black, hence, hence the, you know, yeah. it's kind of a funny, a funny, funny turn of phrase, right? But we really initially built on this, this physical thing, right? Right. Foot, feet in stores at, you know, lining up at six in the morning or whatever, yeah. right? But, but yeah, it's become this digital and then this mobile phenomenon. Um, you know, we see, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think it's evolved like, like, like anything, right? Like, yeah, as a kind of, this physical thing and then and then became this digital you know we got a cyber monday when everyone got you know came quote unquote back to the office right and then and then got on their computers and, and bought yeah. a lot of stuff I, I would say you know if you make the analogy it's kind of like holiday music where it's it started to infect earlier and earlier yeah. into the into the year i think we're seeing the same thing yeah with black friday where you know it's it's these holiday themes these you know these offers and stuff people are starting to push push it earlier you know and and now we're not we're not necessarily back in the office on Monday. So so do I do I have my my deals go out maybe Wednesday before Black Friday, right? Yeah. There's all these different different evolutions of of the phenomenon, but really, yeah, just just huge you know huge retail phenomenon. I think I think we've we've been conditioned as buyers to to be ready for it. You know, I I don't know about you, but I I actually I'm I see how much of a data nerd I am. I actually build a spreadsheet of like stuff I've been meaning to buy for the last two months, and then. <laughs> And then kind of wait until until that week and, and buy it. So I'm yeah. a total Black Friday nerd uh, from that yeah. side as well. But um, yeah, it's become this huge, you know, this, this huge cultural phenomenon. And and yeah, I mean, I love diving into this, some interesting trends on how like brands think about it and and, mm-hmm. well, and kind of build their strategies around Black Friday. Yeah. Well, speaking about that, like I, you know, you guys released a report last year, kind of just around holiday advertising. And I have a note here that I kind of want to read and, and kind of get your take on. And it's you know. 
in advertisers in 2020 not only started advertising earlier than November um, in 2020 than they did in 2019, but they also spent more in the first half of November. And so once they hit Thanksgiving, ad spends dropped, um, which is before Cyber Monday. And so it's this kind of trend of like brands are investing earlier and heavier. And, you know, A, why do you think that is? And, and B, like, do we think that's going to continue? Yeah, so I mean, it, it, I, I think it's super interesting, and we were surprised to see the decrease, like right around Thanksgiving last year. Um, you know, I think, uh, or I think it was even in in uh, in twenty in twenty sorry in twenty nineteen in, mm-hmm. in in a traditional year, and yeah. then obviously twenty twenty. You know, uh, different new rules. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, but I think, yeah, I mean, I think so. I think it's the, it's that you know this it's a competitive world. I think you know, ad prices, like, you know, uh, ad prices go through the roof, right. In in Q4, every, you know, every, every ad network, every publisher makes their, you know, makes whatever a quarter of their money. And then that month, one month period, or so it's super competitive. So if you think about kind of the ROI of advertising, right, there's, there's, there's good reasons to shift earlier. Um, I think kind of leading in into your, your second question, what, what are we going to see? I think this Mm -hmm. year is going to be fascinating because, um, you know, like we said, we're all home, we're all on our phones, we're all shopping, right? So mm-hmm. there's there's this kind of throughout the year opportunity. Um, Prime Day has been a really interesting driver for essentially yeah. Cyber Monday, Black Friday in July. And then yeah. of course, every other retailer has to match Amazon, right? So there's, there's that shifts, you know, so they get to maybe they test, test some stuff in July yeah. and then refine it and run it in, um, in November, yeah, and then and then the other thing I'm sure you're you're facing this as well is is uh, as a, as a consumer is you know a lot of stuff not in stock, right? Oh yeah. And so so like, what are retailers going to do if half the things they want to sell are are back ordered, right? Yeah. And, and so I think there's an interesting question of do I run my sales early when stuff's in stock and try yeah. to get people to stock up? I you know like my son's birthday is is actually he's actually tomorrow, but my wife and I bought stuff like three weeks ago because normally we buy it. You know, we're not great. Day of. Day, I'm the Christmas Eve guy where I go do my like right, Christmas shopping. Yeah. <laughs> right? But now we're like, oh, you know, he really wants this robotics kit. We got to buy it three weeks ahead of time, make sure it gets here, make sure it's not yeah. it's not delayed. So I think I think that's an interesting dynamic as well as, mm-hmm. as you know, how are retailers and, and NDTC brands, you know, going to push, you know, push these this different timing. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I was just on a call last week with a, a marketing leader at a, at a brand and, you know, we're talking about insights and and that sort of stuff. And one of the things is they're like, yeah, we know we're going to continue to double down on digital and invest in digital and insight capabilities and that sort of thing. But they're like, you know, for the next little while, we're taking our foot off the gas because we can't even fulfill things. Like we could be selling right. things and we can't fulfill it. And all we're doing is just creating a group of people that are pissed off at us. And so totally. that was something yeah, where so I was like, whoa, okay, yeah. interesting. And so they don't want to spend money to create a, a group of people that are then- That are angry, right? And you're yeah. like, huh, that's actually really smart. But you wouldn't, I don't think many people would think about that, right? Because they're like, oh, you know, like, yeah, digital, let's go and and market share. So like, I actually do wonder that with with different industries, with whether it's, it's you know, the, the, the supply chain, shipping, whatever the things are, like how that's going to impact. And, and, you know, when we have you on another episode, hopefully in a, in a year from now, we'll look back and be like, oh yeah, that's actually what we saw, because I think that would be super interesting. There might be spends that, you know, dark, dark horse prediction, it could be like things actually aren't maybe necessarily as big because there could be industries that are hitting those, those, you know, supply chain issues. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Huh. 
Yeah, it's what a, what a time we live in. Just th- just another comment about what you said about Amazon was so true. Like that kind of you know that the Black Friday in July or that sort of thing, and other companies having to kind of match step with that. The example that comes to my mind is this kind of concept of transferring, which you know with shipping and supply chain. I don't know what the exact stat is. Someone here is probably going to roast me on this for getting okay. this stat wrong, but I think I read somewhere this is a couple of years ago where it was like Amazon spends. $4 billion or something on shipping a year. Maybe they lose for like, they, it's such a yep. loss for them, but they're willing to take the loss to have that convenience and create that consumer expectation so that when, you know, maybe when I don't buy something on Amazon and I buy something somewhere else, I still expect that same day or next day or free shipping. And, yep. you know, that's something where it's like, it's, it, they're kind of like sucking the oxygen out of the air, so to speak for other brands. I mean, it's a huge competitive moat, right? It's like, how do you how do you compete with that, right? I mean, yeah. you, you have to have literally hundreds of billions of dollars to yeah. To, yeah. to be able to compete with that. And we're, you know, you're totally right. We've been, I'm 100% conditioned to that. And so, I mean, it's good, but it's, it's, it's this, this COVID, you know, the the kind of out of stock has been interesting because it's it's forced us to to reckon with like, hey, maybe there's this reality here that actually, you know, we can't have everything at our fingertips. You know, we don't. Can't just yeah. conjure, conjure these items out of thin air. Yeah, maybe like the, like the nerd in me is like, yes, more now. But then the like human in me is like, maybe we should pump the brakes and like. <laughs> but maybe it's actually better for yeah us as, as that, that moral not, dilemma. Not everything has to be instant gratification, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit more just around kind of general strategies or tactics that you've seen work. You know, you again sitting on all the data. When it comes to Black Friday, Cyber Monday, are there any kind of high level trends? more tactical around channels, creatives, that sort of thing. And, and do you see that stuff typically differ by industry? Yeah. So I'll answer both questions in one. We, we see kind of a divide. So we see like the D2C folks going heavy on social, really kind of, you know, very clear call to action, very clear mm-hmm. value prop, you know, like whatever it's a price, it's a, it's a, Hey, buy this, you know, Peloton or whatever, whatever it is. Right. It's yeah. very, very clear. Very prop. And then, and then we see the retailers kind of doing that old school, like trying to get the, the feet in the door. And it's much more, more an awareness play, much more a kind of broader channel play, mm-hmm. you know, trying to say like, Hey, incredible, incredible sales. And the interesting thing is that is the, I think the retailers have figured out this D to C playbook. And so then they'll go to social and run more targeted ads, they'll mm-hmm. run more D to C like ads. So Best Buy might have a general, Hey, we've got a bunch of doorbusters, you know, video come in yeah. early to get, get the best deal or whatever it is. But then like, they'll have a, a pinpoint, like, you know, buy this LG, whatever, OLED TV for six ninety nine. you know, tomorrow, like that'll be the social ad. So it'll, yeah. be, it'll be much more kind of tactical. Um, what do you think is, is super interesting? I mean, it makes sense, right? Use the mediums for what they're, what they're meant for. Um, you know, I, I continue to believe that videos, videos, super powerful if, if, if done right. Um, yeah. For brands, um, so it's interesting to see kind of if the if the D to C folks start. I mean, they've generally definitely been doing more videos. See if they if they kind of dive in dive in even deeper. Interesting. So so yeah, that uh, just just hearing that you know D to C the the old dogs are kind of being taught by the new kind of D to C dogs like you know new tricks right or they're trying to maybe have to steal that because they're forced in terms of having to continue to compete with those brands right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And then the comment about video, you're you just, just to reiterate, you're, see, you're seeing more and more video kind of coming up in this idea of like video ads into in transforming, translating into commerce. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I think, I think video was thought of as, you know, like 
you know, if you're, if you're an automaker, right. And you want to, yeah. you want to plaster, you want to get everyone thinking about Ford, right. Or yeah. you know, please your, please your dealer, your dealer network, make sure you run the, you know, run the ad during the, during the football game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, see, like, like I'd say channels, you know, we don't, it's, it's a, or I think we publicly said we're going to, we're going to cover OTT, but yeah. OTT is really interesting. There's a lot of like, that's a place where I think you see the melding of that traditional branding and then like more D to C players kind of diving in running, yeah. you know, running traditional video ads but but with a clear call to action with a with a with a target um yeah and i think you know i mean the the audience is captive uh you know on the video on, on video channels so i think it's yeah. it makes perfect sense um and and social i mean i think social's priced you know is now priced very high right it's yeah. it's, it's definitely you know the the easy wins are are, are gone that the, the cheap the cheap eyeballs are gone right so for sure so video is interesting, interesting kind of broader play there. Yeah. And I guess it's one of those things, right? Like I, I, there's a couple things that pop into my mind. Number one, before I got into marketing, I was a, a videographer and it was like, it was always kind of the battle between the photo and the video guys. Like a photo is worth a thousand words. And it's like, well, if a photo is worth a thousand words and video is 24,000 words a second or whatever the like nerdy kind of thing was. But I think about that with with how that translates online with things being more and more competitive, right? More people spending more time online. There've been a ton of, you know, ton of research done on that um, compounded with what we're seeing, um, you know, with COVID and people staying inside, being on their phones, being, being more mobile, um, you know, this, and then I think the last thing that I kind of would like tie into there is like all the different ingredients is, is you know people spending more time on video platforms spending more time on youtube spending more time on tiktok spending you know instagram being like we are a video platform now right like we are no longer just a a photo platform and so yeah i i feel like we're probably going to see that to continue going to continue i mean i don't think that's any to your point like groundbreaking news um but probably how the the way that people are creating video and when i say people i mean brands how they're creating video um to map towards different objectives whether it's an awareness play and more middle funnel thing or or a conversion play have you what do you guys think about that the same way absolutely and i mean also even the definition definition of video right like sometimes (laughs) it's a bunch of emojis like dancing around right that doesn't even you know, it looks nothing like a 30 second spot. Right. True. So, but it's, it's like sound in motion. Right. And it's, yeah. it's driving to a, to a, an action. Right. So yeah. I think, um, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's the fun stuff about digital, right. To see how these, how these mediums change and then horizontal versus vertical and, and yeah. you know, all these things, right. Yeah. We're, we're past, we're past the day where, where they take the 30 second spot from, from national television and, and throw it as a, as a pre-roll. Right. I think yeah. like, We've got a lot more creativity, a lot more people using the medium and, lead, you know, at least better results. Certainly. Yeah. Well, and, and making things more native for consumption. Right. So like, yeah, to your point, like slap, just slap it on there and you're like, no, we can chop this up. This can be done in a different aspect ratio so that when it's going on someone's phone, they're not actually having to, <laughs> to turn, turn, it, tilt, yeah. turn their phone horizontally. Right. Totally. Just thinking about more, more about Black Friday, like to your, to your point of kind of earlier on where you were talking about how. Uh, Amazon has kind of, you know, the, the Black Friday in July and the same day shipping and that sort of thing. How do you, what do you think about that in terms of discounting, right? Like we've seen, uh, you know, Black Friday hasn't necessarily been a battle of, of discounting, but more of a battle of attention. How can brands kind of stand apart heading into this Black Friday? Again, coming off the heels of COVID where things are super competitive. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those where it's like, you know, 
there's no there's no golden bullet. It really depends yeah. on the brand, depends on 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 what they're you know what they're going for. I think um, you know, like we said, like like do you have tons of supply and you want to want to get the message out, or do you want to drive? Right, maybe you don't have as much in stock, but you want to drive high, you know, high price, right? So you're so you're not discounting. You know, also it's it's super expensive. You know, like we said, super expensive, right? So I'd say you know, go back to the basics, right? Like know what you're trying to achieve, know you know, know your audience, know the message. I would suggest looking at some competitive intelligence, maybe, and seeing yeah. what what other folks are doing out there. <laughs> uh, we found that that folks tend to learn a lot and and helps kind of helps them think about what they're doing. But really, kind of going back to that, like. You know, what am I trying to achieve? You know, it's not just hey, we spent this much last year, so we've got to spend the same amount this year. Mm-hmm. And and there's and you know, the beauty we talked about the fragmentation of of digital and how it makes it difficult, but also mm-hmm. makes it it you know it's like a Swiss Army knife, right? There's a tool for you know driving just clicks, right? And 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 checkouts. There's tools for driving awareness. Kind of you know whatever you're um, you know use the right tool for the right. Dog. Don't just use TikTok because it's it's the hot thing. Use it yeah. because it achieves. A certain objective that you're that you're going for and connects with that audience and connects with with that consumer um yeah so i think i think there's a lot of a lot of opportunity there if you really kind of, yeah think through think through the basics yeah i want to i want to dive in deeper you and i are biased because we both work in that kind of competitive insight space but i i'd love to just kind of hear your hypothesis and i'll feel i'll go first like i i think about you know the power of being able to uh, for a brand to be able to look outside its own four walls and get an understanding of what competitors and or leaders or inspirational brands are doing as a strategist knowing what you're doing and what works for your business and what a competitor or you know a leader is doing i and this is you know kind of the thesis of our entire business is just under by having those two bits of information I feel better armed to make the right decision for our business, whether that's allocating budget, you know, ideating a campaign, that sort of thing. How do you guys think about that? I mean, we're incredibly aligned. You know, I, we, 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 we make those same arguments. I would say, you know, occasionally we'll come up, you know, I'll, I'll be in front of a, a super tactical D2C marketer and they'll say like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the best in my space, right? I'm, and I, I've got my CPA down to, down to the penny and I know exactly what I'm doing. And I say, Great, right? Like the like the odds of that being true are, are low, right? Yeah. I, I say it much more politely, right? Like, yeah. you know, if, if you walk around thinking you're the best, right? You know, there's there's only one only one person in the world who, who, who can say that, right? We don't know who who he or she is. Yeah. Um. So you know, and in and maybe maybe you're the leader in this in the space, right? So, but you know, there's tons of other ma- ma- mature spaces that are that are going after the same consumer, and you can learn learn from them, right? I mean, yeah a great uh, industry we like to point folks at is like car insurance, right? Like they've been selling, you know, car insurance, a very commoditized product, right? It's, it's, you know, a thing you think you barely, you know, I mean, you use it, but it's, it's, I, hopefully you don't, hopefully you don't don't use it very often. Right. Yeah. Um, But you know, they've been selling car insurance for whatever, 80 years or something or a hundred years. I don't know. I don't know the history car insurance, but the point is like the very mature thinking about the consumer, very mature targeting, you know, they've got their funnels down. Like, mm-hmm. like, so, you know, may, there's a lot of, just to your point, there's a lot you can learn from adjacent industries or, or, or yeah. industry totally, totally across the, across the field. And I think, yeah, I think you, you, you know, you know, you're, you're sleeping better. You know, that you're understanding the trends, you, you know, you can understand, I mean, all these new mediums, right. You mm-hmm. can see who's dipping their toe in what they're doing. Yeah, it's just, and you you end up saving money, right? You yeah. end up end up not making the mistakes, right? Yeah, and it's the same thing, you know. Maybe an analogy is, 
building a company, right? Like I made tons of, of painful mistakes. Thankfully, you know, we, we took venture capital investment and sometimes there's sometimes the venture capitalists were able to say like, oh, hey, we've seen that mistake before you're about to make it right. Like, like don't make it right. And yeah. so I think it's the same thing with, with competitive intelligence. Like, you know, why not, why spend the $50,000, $100,000, millions of dollars, right? Why not just take a look at, at what you can learn from, from the market? Look before you leap. Totally. Right. Like that's, it's funny. It's funny. You, you bring that up. There's a quote that, that we've rallied around as a business that really rung true to us. And, and kind of, I think you'll, you'll probably appreciate it's from a woman named Marissa Thalberg. I believe she's the chief brand officer of the CMO now at Lowe's. Um, and she talks about when it comes to marketing strategy, uh, I'm going to butcher the quote here, but when it comes to marketing strategy, you need to look within your industry for information, benchmarking, and you need yeah. to look outside of your industry for information, inspiration. Ooh. And you need to have both information and inspiration to be armed to make the right decision for the, for the business. And so that's kind of just exactly like what you were lot. just talking about, right? Like that's a quote where when I saw that, I was like, save, like sending it to Evan, my co-founder, we were like freaking out about it. But, you know, again, like as someone who, you know, before I started a company, I was sitting on the brand side and I was tasked with building strategies and I'd be like, yeah, I think this is pretty good. You know, we're trying to grow 20% month over month or whatever it was. But I was like, yep. is that good? I don't know. Right. What if the category, if we grew 10% last month and the category grew 110%, we actually suck. Right, right. Right. Do we actually move backwards? Right. <laughs> like, like yeah. we actually suck. And so I think like that yep. context, right, is something that that um, I was always looking for. And then I think about, you know, by understanding like, yeah, what can we learn from adjacent things? Can we can we steal tactics from to your point, car insurance, a more mature competitive industry? And maybe there's a tactic that we could steal out of there or take inspiration from, deploy it in our industry. And all of a sudden, boom, like we're shooting past people. Right. But, like you would never be able to know that otherwise. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cross-pollination too, right? Just think of it that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about resources. So, you know, as I imagine a lot of people who are listening to this episode are, you know, it's the end of August and uh, they're, they're hopefully well underway with their Black Friday planning <laughs> and, and strategies and stuff. But, you know, where, where, where would you recommend or resources for listeners to kind of go check out and, and learn more about either building and or optimizing Black Friday, Cyber Monday strategies? Yeah, I mean, first, first off, I love I love the Pathmatics uh, reports data. One thing I haven't mentioned is that actually, you know, we we recently uh, combined with a company called Sensor Tower, who who provides, you know, they're essentially the Pathmatics for mobile. So yeah. they're they're really deep app intelligence. Um, at Sensor Tower, we've got a huge team that that turns through a ton of data and puts out amazing content. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of really interesting content from Sensor Tower, and then you know. I, I think, yeah, I, I, and I think kind of look at the platforms. I mean, the, the platforms are also really interesting, uh, interesting resources because they, you know, they see a lot, they have a lot of best practices, you know, kind of the tactical folks, I think are, are pretty interesting to understand kind of like, how can I, how can I utilize this platform, this platform well? Yeah, yeah, no, makes sense. And, you know, what would, what would kind of be one thing that you would mention to marketers that they should keep top of mind as they kind of head into this, this crazy holiday season, I guess it's, you know, COVID, COVID holiday 2.0 here, but still things have kind of changed a little bit, obviously. Um, what would be one thing you would, you would encourage them to keep top of mind? Yeah, I mean, so this may be maybe old school, and with the with with cookies decreasing, I think I think we're thinking about more about. But I think context is is really something to think about, right? Like, what are you know what headspace is my client in? Like, you know, kind of what's happening in, in the world? What's happening on the on the on the on the mediums? You know, if I'm buying, I'm doing a, a site buy and an old school desktop, you know, display or video site buy, or or you know, I'm on I'm on mobile or I'm social kind of. I, I'd say 
you know, I think people's people's minds are in a different place these days. And so thinking mm-hmm. about that might be maybe an interesting, you know, interesting thought exercise to kind of think about what, you know, where, where, where are consumers at these days? Yeah. Makes a ton of sense. Last question. Where's the best place for people to get a hold of you online? If they want to ask questions, I feel like you're in such a unique position. And again, you get to sit on top of a bunch of data and you're working on something super interesting and your guys' merger with sensor tower, like so many different, exciting pieces. I'm sure people will have questions. Where's the best place for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, I'm, I'm big on Twitter. So I'd say at, at Gabe Gottlieb, uh, G-A-B-E-G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B. I said B as a boy, uh, B, uh, uh, that's, that's a great place. Um, or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Gabe at sensortower.com as well. If, if, if emails better. So happy to, yeah. Happy to chat. Love, love to chat with folks. Cool. Well, Gabe, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciated, uh, chatting with you and, and keep up the great work and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Charlie. This was great. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. For show notes, other episodes, and more content, check out rightmetric.co. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening.